Amy Hill. Thanks for tuning in to Amy on the Hill, a podcast born out of Jesus's teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, which says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. This is Amy, and thank you so much for listening. I know I always kick off the podcast each week with prayer, and I intend to pray with everyone again on this episode. But before I do that, there's something I need to talk about today. It's difficult for me to transition into podcast mode this week. I love podcasting and discussing theological ideas and encouraging others in their walk with the Lord, but sometimes in life it's hard when personal circumstances are hard and um, this week I and my family and some of my very close friends have been walking through a very tragic situation you may have noticed last week when I published the podcast on Monday I didn't write a short description or do any social media postings I just kind of threw the podcast up and that was it And the reason for that is the husband of one of my best friends died very suddenly on Sunday night. His name was Peter Aki, and he was a close friend of mine and a very close friend of my husband, Matt. Uh, Pete was only 44 years old and was the father of three young sons, a 10-year-old, a soon-to-be 6-year-old, and one son uh, who passed as an infant. And... It was just an especially hard week because this is a family that my family does life with. You know what I mean? We hang out as families with the kids. Other times we'd get sitters and grab dinner and drinks as couples. Sometimes our families even attended church together and would grab lunch afterwards. We love this family. And Pete's death is such a loss to all of us. But, of course, we're so broken for our friend Allison, Pete's wife, and the two young sons he leaves behind. So uh, it's just been a rough week and a very sobering reminder that our time here is short. Our time here is short. You might remember from last week's podcast, we read and discussed a chapter entitled, You Might Not Finish This Chapter. And I kind of made a joke, you know, I record these podcasts like almost a full week before I release them. So Um, you know, obviously this hadn't happened yet. And I, I kind of made a joke like, you know, that's not a very warm and fuzzy title for a chapter of a book, but it's true. It's ridiculously true. And it should be sobering for all of us how true it is. So that's where I am. And, uh, I just needed to say that because I couldn't just jump into a podcast as though everything was fine. Because everything isn't fine, and I'm sure, you know, everything isn't fine for a lot of you listening as well. Or, you know, if it is fine right now, maybe it wasn't fine this time last year, or it won't be fine this time next year. Because as we're forcing ourselves to think about this, life can be very difficult. It can be heartbreaking. This life is short, but 
praise God. It's not all there is. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, we have hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses uh, 13 and 14 say in the English Standard Version, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, as those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Let me read that verse to you again, but this time I want to read it from the New International Version. Again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, this time out of the New International Version. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Amen. I'm so thankful for that promise, especially this week. So now that I was able to share that, um, I've gotten that kind of off of my chest. I ask that you would please uh, now join me in prayer as we begin our time together today. And please, even after this podcast concludes, I would just ask that you please remember my friend Alice and her boys and Pete's extended family and friends in your prayers during this difficult time. Dearest Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name. We love you, Lord, and by your grace, we're not going to stop loving you. We do ask you uh, to pull us close and keep us there, especially when we don't understand what you're up to. Give us faith to trust you and believe you when you promise that you're good and you're kind and you have a plan that will somehow work everything together for your glory and even our good. We can't see the whole picture the way you can. We don't understand a lot of times. So please give us grace and help us. Don't let our foot slip. Don't let us go. Fulfill your good plan for each one of us as we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who started a good work in us and the one who promises to finish that good work in us, because Lord, we know if it's up to us, it isn't getting finished. So please do what you've promised to do in us and help us just to rest in the security that you'll do that. I thank you, God, for the way you've shown yourself faithful to me and my friends during this past week, and I just want and pray that you would continue to be so very close to the brokenhearted as your word promises you will. There are many listening who are nursing a broken heart of their own for many different reasons. Illness, divorce, infertility, loneliness, unfulfilled dreams and aspirations, job loss, relational hurts, financial insecurity, death. I'm sure there's someone out there who on the surface even seems to have everything a person could want, but internally they're struggling, Lord. And for everyone, I just want to pray that you would be close. 
I know in my life I hear from you so frequently through your word, through prayer, through gifted teachers, writers, and musicians, and through fellowship, through relationships with other believers. So Lord, help me and help all of us to seek out these gifts you've given us in this life, opportunities and uh, people and um, just authors, as I said, your word. Help us to encounter you in spirit and in truth. Help us not to waste this life on Instagram, on Netflix, on the corporate ladder, on the pursuit of power and possessions. Help us not to waste this life on thrill-seeking, on romance novels, on decorating our houses just perfectly. Whatever it is, Lord, these things are not wrong in themselves, but Lord, please don't allow these things to control us, to dictate how we live our lives, how we spend our time. Help these things not to make us numb to the fact that our lives are short and that we want to live uh, with intentionality, Lord. Help us to make you the priority. Help us to remember we are dust, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. Instead of living for the here and now, help us to live with eternity in mind and the promise of your coming kingdom. We ask these things according to your will in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so this week we read James chapter 4 out of the Bible, and out of Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love, we read chapter 3, which was also entitled Crazy Love, and Francis opened this chapter by talking about his own issues surrounding the idea that Jesus loves him. In fact, if you're reading along, you'll remember Francis referenced the well-known song, Jesus Loves Me, and as he said, even if you didn't grow up in the church, chances are you are familiar with the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, For the Bible Tells Me So. But for us as adults, uh, I think we struggle with the simplicity of that. We especially struggle with how to reconcile that with the suffering we experience and with the suffering we see throughout the world. And honestly, I think we just generally struggle with how to give and how to receive healthy demonstrations of love, not just in our relationship with God, but also a lot of times in our relationships with people. Um, Francis talked about his own childhood and the difficult relationship he had with his earthly father, and Francis talked about how that relationship shaped his view of God, his heavenly father, and how some of the issues in his personal life spilled over into his theology, into his view of God and how he understood God's love for him. And I wonder if any of you listening have had similar struggles. I definitely uh, had these types of struggles, and sometimes I still struggle to believe God actually loves me and actually delights in me. In Psalm chapter 147, verses 10 and 11, in the New International Version, it says, His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. 
The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. I've struggled with that. And as I said, sometimes I still do. At times it can be hard to believe that God delights in me, especially because I don't always delight in myself. I don't treat myself with the care God intends for me. I do waste my life a lot of times. I don't always make the best choices. That uh, Often um, that leaves me with feelings of shame or feelings of defensiveness uh, because I feel like, you know, I'm a big old disappointment and, you know, I, I can't see myself the way God sees me. And so I feel this instinct to kind of want to hide from God, maybe hide from other people if I feel like I'm letting them down. But especially uh, from, from God, because I think, you know, he's mad at me or he's sick of me constantly, you know, not measuring up or he's annoyed with me. Um, and I lose sight of the fact that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die a brutal death on the cross in order to redeem my life uh, to the great glory of his name. He does delight in me and he delights in you, you who fear him and you who put your hope in his unfailing love. Even if people in our lives, and I think that's exactly what Francis was getting to, because sometimes we don't... Um, love each other with that kind of uh, love that God loves us with. And so we think that we compare God's love to the love of the people um, in our lives. And even when people have loved us really well, there's nobody that's perfect apart from Christ. And so, you know, maybe we have felt judged by people in our lives. Maybe we felt like we've disappointed people or people are mad at us or sick of us. And so we put that onto God, but he delights in, in us those of us who fear him, and those of us who put our hope in his unfailing love. Of course, as I'm sure you understand, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything besides my friend Pete today. And because of that, I'm thinking about Pete's life and how God worked in Pete's life before he died. And I think it's actually really relevant to this discussion of the struggle many of us have to understand and embrace God's love for us. Because I think that for most of his life, Pete also struggled with understanding and believing God's love for him. Like all of us, Pete went through some very difficult things in his life. I mentioned that he and his wife, my beloved friend Allison, lost his son in infancy. And I know that was a really difficult trial for Pete. Pete also had some medical issues of his own in childhood. That was another hardship. And for a long time, Pete struggled to come to terms with questions of why. Why were things so difficult in his life when some other people seem to float through life. And it was really hard for him. You know, as we said earlier, uh, it was hard for him to reconcile God's love for him with the suffering he personally endured. And so Pete never really uh, embraced the idea of faith in God or specifically faith in Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. But Pete's rejection of God uh, for so many years did not equal God's rejection of Pete. 
with permission uh, from my friend Allison, Pete's wife, I want to share Pete's story with you today. It's a beautiful and pretty incredible story of God's faithfulness and mercy. Uh, a few months before he died, Pete was struggling. I'm not going to get into detail regarding this. Of course, you know, I want to respect Pete's privacy, but I also kind of like it better uh, being vague because then all of us can relate to his story by just considering our own struggles. It doesn't matter what he was personally struggling with. We all know what it means to struggle. If we're honest with ourselves, we all know what it means to struggle. Uh, but of course, you know, being close friends with Pete and his family, my husband and I, you know, we kind of knew what was going on with him and we wanted to be there for our friend. And, you know, for me, you know, being there for anyone uh, means, uh, you know, drawing on my faith. It's as much a part of me as the nose on my face. You don't get me apart from my nose and you don't get me apart from my faith. And so knowing our friend was going through some stuff, I suggested to my husband, Matt, that, you know, he invite Pete to attend a group called Alpha that was getting ready to start at our church. Um, just to give you some background, as far as Alpha, I know a lot of churches and communities actually host Alpha groups. So you, some of you may have heard of it before. You know, sometimes Alpha groups are held in cafes, churches, bars, prisons, college campuses. I'm not exactly sure where Alpha started, but again, a lot of churches use the Alpha program and our church is one of those churches. From what I hear, it's a really great program. I've never worked through it, but uh, basically Alpha has this like everyone is welcome motto and no question is off limits. And, you know, the point of the group, which I believe meets weekly for about 10 weeks or so, is to explore the basics of the Christian faith in an open and informal an honest space. And so I thought, you know, Pete's going through some stuff. I don't know how anyone goes through anything apart from a relationship with the Lord Jesus. So to me, the only thing um, my husband and I really could do other than pray for Pete, which we were, uh, was to invite Pete to participate in something a little more in-depth uh, like Alpha and, and possibly, you know, help him in his relationship with the Lord. So uh, now <laughs> I'm thinking about this. You might remember at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned uh, Pete and his family would occasionally come to church with us. Um, so just to clarify, I do believe, you know, Pete enjoyed those services. I do think he connected to the preaching and I think that he appreciated the music. Pete was uh, a musician himself and a great lover of music and our church um, not to brag, but our church has some of the most gifted musicians in southern New Jersey. And so, yeah, you know, I think Pete liked coming out and, you know, we do lunch as families afterwards. And that was always fun. We enjoyed uh, spending time together. But Pete, um, you know, he didn't come to church with us regularly. It was only a couple of times that he actually came out and he never really honestly embraced our church or any church really as his own. He seemed to uh, want. He had the desire to have faith, I think. I think that he uh, recognized genuine faith in other people, uh, but he wasn't able to make faith his own. And so I believe when his struggles were really coming to a head, Pete didn't know how to cope. And so 
again, I mentioned to my husband, I said, you know, I thought he should invite Pete to Alpha and my husband, I love my husband, in typical fashion, my husband kind of blew off my suggestion at first. You know, I really don't try to force anything uh, with anyone in their faith in particular. Specifically, you know, I don't, I believe that we are not the Holy Spirit. There is the Holy Spirit and then there is us. And, you know, we can plant a seed, but it's not up to us to convince people or force people. Uh, and so when I'm, no matter who it is, and especially with my husband, you know, I just respect, you know, his own uh, relationship with the Lord. And I respect him enough to, um, you know, I, I mentioned him that I, I didn't force it anyway. I didn't force that issue. Uh, but God graciously on his own, you know, he also prodded my husband Matt's heart and Matt ultimately he did decide uh, to text Pete and to invite him to Alpha. Yeah so I didn't say anything else about Alpha to Matt on his own. Matt texted Pete and to Matt's surprise Pete said yes, he did want to go. Pete, even on his own, followed up with Matt about it. So uh, a couple of weeks later, they were off to their first meeting and ended up sitting at a table with a bunch of people they didn't know, people from all different walks of life at different points in their faith journey, some men, some women, different ages. They all had dinner together, and uh, then I believe they watched a movie or a video and had uh, time after that for discussion at their table. And again, the Alpha program really just aims to give people an opportunity to ask uh, and get answers to fundamental questions about the Christian faith. And as Matt and the people from the group tell it, um, Pete started to connect almost immediately with what he was learning about the Bible, about the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was engaged in the discussion. He was asking questions. And he was talking a lot uh, about some of the painful difficulties he faced personally, specifically, and most painfully, uh, the loss of his son. And as the weeks passed, um, Pete came to his own personal saving faith in Jesus Christ. As I mentioned, his wife Allison and I are really good friends. Uh, so over um, a month, for over a month before he died, she was telling me just how drastically Pete seemed to uh, be changed because of his faith. His faith became visible to others in the way he was behaving. God was doing a really powerful work in his life and we were all just so encouraged uh, my husband my husband Matt doesn't love groups um since alpha and everything that's happened with Pete I think he's starting to see you know the value in being in community with people who share um, your faith but you know generally Matt likes to stick to what he knows to who he knows so uh, about two weeks before uh, Pete died. Uh, Matt wasn't too disappointed when I asked him if he could skip Alpha that week. I really just needed his help that night. My car had broken down. That was the week my computer broke. I think I mentioned that on a previous episode of the podcast. And 
anyway, yeah, I needed Matt to go with me to pick up my car. I needed a car with my car seats for all the stuff I had to do the next day. So Matt texted Pete and let him know he wasn't going to be able to go that night. I think maybe, you know, Pete could even maybe sense Matt wasn't as into the whole thing as much as he, Pete, you know, was into it. But it didn't stop Pete. Pete went to Alpha that week on his own. And when he came home, he told Allison, he told Allison he was actually kind of glad Matt wasn't able to go to Alpha that night. He said going with Matt all those weeks kind of made him feel like it was like Matt's church and he was just a guest. But when Pete went on his own, he felt like it was his church. He wasn't just a guest anymore. He was there in his own right, because he had his own relationship with the Lord. And uh, I was so encouraged by this, and Matt was also pretty encouraged by that, because, you know, I think um, Matt was was surprised Pete went alone, and he started to just appreciate how serious Pete was about his newfound faith, and I know that encouraged Matt as well. And so um, there was another thing, too, this Sunday after Pete went to Alpha alone, so he goes to Alpha alone, and then that Sunday, he also took Allison and his sons to church on his own. Again, as the Lord in his providence would have it, Matt and I weren't able to attend church that week. It was Memorial Day weekend, and an ancestor of mine who uh, was in the military in Philadelphia during the Civil War was being honored, and I found out about it, and of course, you know, I wanted to attend that ceremony. So we didn't make it to church that week. And so Pete took his family without, without us, without the hills. Pete took his family to church. And uh, again, being so close with uh, Pete's wife, Allison, you know, I heard all about it. It was a beautiful service and exceedingly impactful uh, for my friend, for their relationship. The church at the time was uh, advertising small groups over the summer. Uh, and Allison and Pete decided that they were going to join one of those groups. Allison was just so excited about what God was doing in her husband. You know, she herself being a devout Catholic her whole life, I don't know if she was completely sure what to make of a new church, but being a strong woman of God and seeing her husband taking the lead in such an amazing new way. You know, Allison was game for wherever God was leading their family. It was just an exciting time. Um, God was moving. We were all so genuinely encouraged. And uh, the following week of Alpha, uh, Matt did make it back with Pete. And uh, this is a funny story. On the way in, you know, Matt took the lead. Matt was walking in front and Pete was walking behind. And uh, as the group kind of spotted the two of them from across the room, Pete caught their eye, and uh, he, he pointed to Matt from behind. Matt didn't see him do this, but the group leader uh, later told us that with a big grin, Pete pointed at Matt and gave all the people in the group a big thumbs up, you know, because Pete got Matt back to Alpha that week, and he was happy about that. You know, Matt might have brought... Pete to Alpha the first week, but now Pete was bringing Matt, and it was humorous, and it was beautiful all at once, uh, because that was the last time Pete would go to Alpha. The following weekend was really busy for Pete and Allison. Uh, they went on a date on Friday night. 
on Saturday um, or Friday day, I think they might have gone to like a special lunch, I'm not sure. Um, but on Saturday, the day before Pete's father's birthday, Pete and Allison took the kids to dinner with Pete's parents to celebrate, again, Pete's father's birthday. And uh, the next morning, that Sunday, one of Allison's nephews was graduating. So um, the family, all the family on Allison's side was together. And many pictures were taken, hugs were given, meals were shared. And the weekend concluded with a father-son game of basketball in the driveway. Allison said it was one of those weekends you just wanted to relive over and over. Nothing can fully prepare you for a phone call in which one of your very best friends tells you her husband, who's also one of your very best friends, uh, has suddenly died. Nothing can prepare you for that. You all know, if you know me at all or have listened to this podcast for any length of time, that I do think about the brevity of life. I push into difficult topics. I don't avoid or live in denial or make excuses for things that scare me or challenge my faith or whatever. I go there. I go there regularly. But even so, nothing can fully prepare you for a call, like the call I received from Allison last Sunday night, June 4th, 2017. Pete suffered cardiac arrest without warning at about quarter to eight that night, and about two hours later, he died. Nothing can fully prepare you for what Allison faced that night. Nothing can fully prepare you for what she and her boys and all of Pete's friends and family walked through this past week and will continue to walk through for a long time to come. There are no words to tie this up in a nice neat bow for the end of a podcast episode. I still have a lot of questions and honestly the question marks standing at the end of those questions seem to be having the final word. I don't have a lot of answers, but I do have faith, and Allison, God bless this woman who refuses to take her eyes off of the Lord, is also steadfastly clinging to her faith and the faithfulness of her God, who before calling his son, Peter Aki, from this life to the next, mercifully and powerfully, and so obviously to all of us who knew him redeemed Pete's life in such a beautiful and powerful way. As I've said, uh, Pete didn't have his own faith for a lot of his life. Again, I think he wanted to have faith. I think he recognized genuine faith in others, but he wasn't able to embrace a faith of his own, try as he might. And because of that, for a lot of his life, Pete, Pete rejected faith in God. But glory to God, our rejection of God does not equal God's rejection of us, he still extends to us today. He extends to us the free gift of salvation through the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ. So long as you are here on this side of eternity, it's never too late to receive the gift of salvation the way Pete received a new start with God. Honestly, not knowing how important and time-sensitive that was going to be in those final weeks of his life here. 
2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I'm going to read that again. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The gospel of Jesus Christ offers salvation and we shouldn't delay in accepting this offer. The present time is the proper time to accept the gift that God has given us in Christ. If you want to understand more about what I mean by this, I want to encourage you to listen to an old episode of uh, this podcast. Um, the the uh, episode is entitled Guilt and Shame Covered, and another good episode um, is of this podcast is entitled Jesus the King, The Beginning and the After. Uh, of course, if you have questions, I'm also available. You can reach out to me. You can contact me through my website, amyonthehill.com, or you can reach me on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Twitter. My handle on Instagram and Twitter is amybxhill. Um, on Facebook, you can just search Amy on the Hill. I mean, if I can't answer your questions, I can at least try to uh, put you in touch with somebody who can or get you some resources so that you can get the answers that you're looking for. Whatever you do, don't delay in giving your life to the Lord. Or if you've put trust in Christ, but you're not really uh, walking in the truth, you're not really walking in the Spirit, don't take it for granted that you're going to eventually get around to loving the Lord wholeheartedly. In our reading in James chapter 4 this week, we read the passage that says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears and vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. Is that what it says here? Hold on. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is. You boast in your arrogance. And that is James chapter 4, uh, verses 13 through 16. Listen, I am the person who says, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. That's me. I say that kind of stuff. I think I know. I think I'm in control. But we're not in control. And it's arrogant and it's foolish for us to think we are. We don't get a do-over here. So we need to submit ourselves to the Lord. He loves us and he's made a way for us. Why wouldn't we accept the incredible gift we've been given? tell you one more story and I'm sorry I'm running long today. I actually thought my podcast this week would be really short given the circumstances, but it turns out the Lord gave me a lot to say this week. I'm sure next week will be shorter, but the fact is I just can't conclude today without one more example of God's faithfulness to demonstrate his love for us, to draw near to the brokenhearted in the midst of such a tragic and devastating time. About a year ago, Pete and Allison were at a funeral, and 
at that funeral, there were rocks with different Bible verses written on each rock. Everyone was supposed to take a rock, and Pete took a rock with a reference to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Pete looked those verses up in the Bible, and here's what it says. I'm going to read it for you now out of the English Standard Version. Again, it's Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. These verses became very significant to Pete. I believe they came up again in another context. I forget exactly how they came up after that. I know Pete heard those verses again shortly thereafter. Maybe he heard them in church, but I just know um, that he received these verses as a word from the Lord to him. Allison knew he loved these verses. It was just very special to him. And so when Pete passed, Allison really wanted to make sure those verses were read at his mass. She wanted to make sure those verses were on his memorial card. It was very important to Allison that those verses be included. And so she asked me to send a copy of the verses to her friend Liz, who was helping her coordinate everything that needed to be done. So of course I was happy to do that. I went home and pulled up the verses on my computer and as I was reading them over, getting ready to send them over to Liz, it occurred to me, wait a minute, Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, wait a minute, I realized in that moment that these verses, these very verses, were the verses that would most surely be preached at our church this past weekend. We are presently in um, a sermon series working through the book of Philippians, and we just finished up the third chapter of Philippians the week prior. And I basically, I couldn't believe it. I mean, because I don't know if you've noticed, but... The Bible isn't a short book. It's never taken me under a year to read it in its entirety. There is a lot of material there. So for the sermon this week to be on the exact verses Pete held so dear was just amazing. Of course, you know, Allison and some of Pete's family wanted to come to the service uh, when they found out the the pastor was going to be preaching on these verses, you know, they wanted to to see also just the place where uh, Pete had grown 
so much in his faith journey over the previous seven weeks. They wanted to see the church that uh, Pete took his family to the week before he died. They wanted to hear, you know, what the pastor had to say about these verses that meant so much to Pete and had come to mean so much to them and to all of us. Uh, I'm sure, as you can imagine, the service was beautiful. Uh, I know it was very different uh, than the type of church Pete grew up in. Pete grew up at a pretty conservative Presbyterian church, but I think Pete's family could feel the love and acceptance that Pete felt from God in that community. And I know it just amazed all of us that the Lord would, in his providence, yet again, show himself faithful and good by causing Pete's verses to be preached in church that very Sunday. A recurring theme this week, something I, I probably said a hundred times and something others said to me over and over again was this. Nothing is a coincidence. I heard that over and over again. Nothing is a coincidence. Nothing is chance. Pete's death wasn't a fluke. Those verses were not random. God is on the throne. He is sovereign. He is good. And somehow, though, admittedly, you know, it requires great faith from uh, us a lot of the time right now. We believe that he will work all of this together for our good and for his glory, not one tear will be wasted. Not one jolt of pain will be felt in vain. God will redeem everything according to his plan and in his timing. And we wait for that. We long for that. Before I close, I want to mention that next week we're scheduled to read James chapter 5 out of the Bible and out of Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love. We're scheduled to read chapter 4. Of course, uh, you know, you don't have to read along in order to listen to in on our podcast discussions, but if you do want to read along, you can find a copy of the reading schedule under the resources section of my website, amyonthehill.com. Scroll down to the picture of the big red book and you will see a link for the reading schedule either to the right um, of that book or if you're viewing it on your phone, the link will be uh, right underneath the picture of that book. I'm sure that you can pretty much conclude if you didn't know Pete um, after listening, listening to the podcast today that Pete was an amazing guy. Um, I know for a fact that I haven't done uh, enough to capture that fact, but I, I really uh, want to communicate just how much he was loved uh, by so many of us, and especially by his wife and children. Uh, before I sign off, I also want to take a minute to thank uh, Pete and Allison's friends and family for being such a demonstration of God's love through this time. I know we don't all share the same faith, but the beauty in all of this sadness really uh, was and is shining through the love that's being poured out of all of you. I also want to thank Fellowship Alliance Chapel in Medford, New Jersey, which is my home church. That's obviously the church where Pete and, um, and Matt attended Alpha. Thank you to so many of you 
uh, for your obedience and following God's call on your lives. I don't even know everybody. <laughs> I'll never know everybody that was involved in all the little details that go into um, making something like Alpha happen. And because uh, you did that, because of all the individuals who took care of all the individual details that, that go into something like Alpha, there was a place for Pete and Matt to go these past seven weeks. And they were able to get the answers and find the friends they needed to help them along this faith journey. That table of strangers I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast uh, ended up being like family to each other by the time Pete passed on. Uh, these people uh, who didn't know Pete two months ago showed up at Pete's house almost immediately after he died. The night of the viewing, they stood in line for almost two hours to pay their respects to Pete's family. They showed up again the next day at Pete's funeral. They intentionally sought out Pete's wife and family after church this past Sunday. And every time I see them, every time I hug them, I just give God praise for his church. As I close today in faith, I want to ask that you please personally receive this benediction from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>